Hey guys, um, <laughs> welcome back to a new episode of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, because it's my podcast, Julie's Top Picks. Um, let's start with some housekeeping stuff. And I know what you're thinking, Julie, it's been like two weeks since your last episode. Shh. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it, and I don't think you should be either, because there's nothing to be worried about. I'm here now. We're going to talk about a movie. There's nothing to worry about. Oh, it's my fault that I had homework? It's my fault that I'm an academic and that I've been applying to colleges and putting myself out there, but I don't have time to sit down and yap in front of a microphone? Oh, that's my fault? No. That's why I'm not worried about it. And that's why you shouldn't be worried about it either. Oh, it's my fault that I had to sit down and watch the new Doctor Who episodes? Oh, oh, it's my fault that I had to witness cinema. That's not my fault. And I'm going to keep watching the new Doctor Who episodes because they're so good. And I'm probably going to do an episode on just Doctor Who in general at some point. Actually, that's, I am going to do that. Um, what was I talking about? That's housekeeping. Housekeeping is just, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I haven't been here, but also I'm not, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I have nothing to apologize for, but I'm back now. Second order of housekeeping. If I start coughing during this episode, no, I don't. Um, so just take that into consideration before continuing with your listening of this episode. If I start coughing, no, I don't. Actually, I can feel one now. <coughs> I'm going to try and cough away from the microphone so that you don't get your eardrums blown out. But I can't, you know, I can't promise anything. <sighs> okay, what are we talking about today? Oh, how could I forget, guys? You may notice the lack of a partner with me today. Today, it's just me. It is just me sitting in this chair in the booth at my school and talking and I know it's never as fun whenever it's just me <coughs> there's been three episodes <laughs> it's never as fun you know you've only had one episode where it's just me and then two episodes with people but I'm sure that the first one wasn't as fun because I'd never done it before anyways today it's just me but I'm also gonna be talking for probably around 14 hours because today we're talking about a movie that, if you know me, you know, because I don't shut up about it. We're going to talk about Elvis, 2022. The smash hit summer blockbuster Elvis, 2022, starring Austin Butler, directed by Baz Luhrmann. And I cannot have anybody else on this episode with me because nobody gets it like I do. Nobody understands this movie the way I do because whenever I start talking about it all of my friends say shut up. All my friends say we don't want to hear about Elvis anymore. All of my friends I take out a, a spray water bottle and they start spraying me and they say shh shh stop talking. But I will not be silenced. I am not silent. I am silenced and today I am neither because I am going to talk. I have locked both of the doors. I'm locked in this booth. Nobody can stop me. My phone just went off. I got an email. I will not let that get in my way. Today we're talking about Elvis. <laughs> and I love this movie. And this is this is actually kind of 
part one of three episodes I'm gonna do. I don't know if that's gonna be a weekly upload or if we're gonna do them all this week or maybe I'm actually never gonna, I'm gonna drop off the face of the earth and never finish this podcast. That is an option. Um, we'll see. But, <coughs> sorry. Today we're talking about Elvis. Next time we're gonna talk about Priscilla and then I'm gonna do a full episode kind of comparing and contrasting the two of them because they are a perfect yin and yang to each other. They go together so well. They're both such incredible movies by two completely different filmmakers that fit and mold together in ways I could have never imagined and I love them both so much. But that's not the point of today's episode. The point of today's episode is to talk about the film Elvis. 2022, the smash hit summer blockbuster. And it's gonna be really hard for me to not start talking about Priscilla or comparing and contrasting them too, but I'm gonna try and keep and hold myself down, hold myself back by the arm and stop it because there's a whole nother episode for that. But alas, I don't have a lot of actual like written down information about this. You know, I have my notebook as always. But I don't have, it, 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 like for American Psycho, I had like three pages of information. <coughs> Sorry. Like front and back. This one's just one page, just the front. So most of this is just going to be me talking completely unintelligible. I'm having a stroke. We're not even five minutes in and I'm having a stroke. <sighs> okay. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's get her done. So, can you hear the chair? <laughs> I just heard my friend Sarah go, chemistry? If you can hear them, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Elvis. Plans for an Elvis biopic first began in- Do you guys say biopic or biopic? I say biopic, um, but that's just a question that I wanted to pose to you guys. Plans for an Elvis biopic biopic first began in 1995. That was a while ago. <coughs> My mom had like just graduated high school a couple years before that. Rights to, like, um, what was I writing down? None of this is understandable. Plans for an Elvis biopic first began in 1995 with the what is that noise i think that's air um with the rights to the elvis biography last train to memphis being sold to somebody <laughs> i don't know who i did not write down good notes it was set to be produced by 20th century fox and tom parker himself and jerry Schilling were brought on for like certain crew positions like advisor positions but then plans and production sort of fell through until Lerman was brought on in April of 2014. Dude, that's eight years before it actually came out. Movies take so long to get made. That's crazy. Who produced the Elvis movie, like, actually? Those are my grades. Elvis, 2022. Produced by... Just tell me. Just tell me. Guys. 
produce. Give me the. <coughs> this is gonna make me mad. Warner Bros. Okay, so it wasn't Fox. Well, Fox is now Disney. I don't even remember when that happened. That's crazy. Anyways, um, casting for the film was announced in 2019. Took a long time to cast. The front runners for Elvis were Ansel Elgort, Miles Teller, Austin Butler, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. That's crazy. That's really crazy. Let's actually talk about that for a little bit. Ansel Elgort? No. I don't like him. That's- is it raining? Is that what's going on? Let me check the weather. Hold on. I'm already getting sidetracked. Because what is that noise? Can you guys hear that? That cannot just be the air. No precipitation for at least 60 minutes. That's what AccuWeather's telling me. On track. We gotta stay on track. Miles Teller. That's so funny, though, that they were considering Miles Teller when he was also in Top Gun Maverick, which came out the same year. That's crazy. Aaron Taylor Johnson, I feel like he's considered for everything. I mean, he's very versatile, so it makes sense, but, like, he was also considered for Batman. That's crazy. And Harry Styles. I feel like... <coughs> in however many years there's going to be a biopic made about Harry Styles very similar to this. I feel like I can see that happening. Like, he's- he's- he reminds me a lot of Elvis. Like, this musician who wants to branch out and become an actor. That's the only thing that I can see between them. <laughs> no. Um, this was crazy. Denzel Washington actually called Baz Luhrmann to recommend Austin Butler for the role. Because apparently they did a play together at some point. But that's- can you imagine getting a call from Denzel Washington being like, I think this kid's got some spark. And being like, okay. <laughs> okay. So filming began in January of 2020 in Australia and it was quickly shut down because of COVID. Big surprise there. And filming was resumed in September. And, you know, that's crazy. They were, like, just in Australia for all those months, I think, because they couldn't move. They couldn't go anywhere. The whole world was shut down. Can you imagine, like, in the middle of this, like, pandemic that nobody has any idea what's going on or what they're doing? And you're sh trapped in Australia? Like, that's like, what, 23 hours away from America? Like, you're tw like almost a full day of travel. And that's a non-stop flight, I think. You're, like, several days of travel away from your home. And you're stuck there. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Austin Butler said he was hospitalized for a week after, after the rap wrapping of- I'm gonna start over. Austin Butler said he was hospitalized for a week after the wrapping of this movie because of an appendicitis-related virus. That's crazy. His body shut down after this movie wrapped. Because he put his whole, his whole mind and his whole soul into being Elvis. That was my impression. Did you guys enjoy that?
Okay. Um, <laughs> that's all I have for development. Trivia. Austin Butler and Elvis are both natural blondes who dyed their hair dark to play this role. That's what IMDb told me. Um, but I actually know that's true. But I think that's funny. That's the first thing I wrote down. I was like, hey, they changed their hair color. Austin Butler stole the 68 comeback special suit from set. He took that home. I don't know. If, I don't know if any of this is true. I could be spreading so much misinformation right now. Hank, ooh, I do know this is true, though, and I love this story. Tom Hanks gifted Austin Butler a typewriter, which they used to write each other in character. So I think this is what was going, because they were so bored in those hotels in Australia. He, like, got a typewriter for, <coughs> sorry, for Austin Butler. And then they would, like, in their little hotel room, they would write to and from each other as their characters. That's crazy. They were so bored. This entire film was shot on location. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say other than that's cool. And then one of my favorite lines in the movie that I love to point out to everybody that I've ever watched it with is, um, it's towards the beginning of the movie. Whenever, it's right after they put him on one of the shows i don't remember all of those late night shows and they have him dressing in tails and singing to a dog and then everybody's like he looked like a butler the actor's name is austin butler that's probably not intentional but i think it's so funny he looked like a butler well he is but um i'm so tired guys it's a wednesday morning mm -hmm. But we soldier on because this topic deserves all of my attention. <coughs> I'm going to take a sip of coffee and then we're going to keep going. Okay. Why do I love this movie? Why do I love this movie? Because everybody that I talk to who's watched it, like I have so many friends who have watched it and are like, it's bad. I don't think it's a bad movie. Like, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's great, but I think it is a good movie. But I love it. And let me tell you something. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it. The first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? That was on a... Hello. Yeah. My friend Sam's coming to say hi. Say hi, Sam. Hi. Am I on the podcast? Yes, this is the Score. pod. <laughs> what are you talking about? Elvis. Oh, that's funny that I'm in here. <laughs> and I was literally telling, literally telling the story of all of my friends hate when I talk about this movie. This is actual proof. Sam, what's your reaction when I start talking about this movie? I say I don't care. And I don't like the movie. I don't like Elvis. <laughs> Austin Butler's good. The movie I'm sure like technically is good. I hate Elvis and I don't think he should have a platform like that. Okay. That's my opinion. Okay. But I... I can't say I support it, but I'm not going to hate you for it. Thanks. Um, Thanks. Need to go back to Christian life commitment. All right. Have Bye fun. God. <laughs> That's crazy. That was unplanned, and that was a real-life example. That was Sam Glasscock on the pod. She'll probably be on later for something. I don't know. Um, 
but she does bring up a good point should elvis have a platform like this that's something that i am going to talk about in the, the the episode where i'm comparing elvis and priscilla the two movies um because that is a very interesting question and one that does deserve to be discussed and but that's not what this episode is about this episode is about the movie elvis the first time i watched this movie i was like and then that was on like a three-day weekend and i watched this movie i'm not kidding you five times over this three-day weekend i was just obsessed and i don't know why (coughs) maybe it was something about the editing style and (laughs) something about how outrageously these characters were played in in certain ways well but sort of like i mean you can't listen to austin butler speaking in this elvis accent without kind of going what is going on mama you know mama they took him (laughs) that one stupid stupid whenever the first pictures for dune part two came out and also butler was bald and somebody said they took my hair mama took it right off of my head and that's i quote that all of the time i'm gonna cough (coughs) this is not going well oh my god um yeah but it, it part of it is ridiculous but i think that this maximalist style of editing and storytelling it's very baz lerman but i feel like it does fit this icon sort of persona of elvis of the you know jumpsuits with the capes and the jewelry and everything and that's very maximalist and you know him dancing across the stage and doing karate moves it's like what is going you can't quite watch that and be like what is going on you know so i think maybe it was that sort of what's that word oh what's that word that's gonna make that's gonna make me mad like that um oh my gosh and i'm gonna press like stop record after this episode's over and i'm gonna remember what the word was um but you know it's like the appeal of something that is so outrageous you know i can't remember the word i'm gonna be at the very end i'm gonna be saying like my goodbyes after this episode's over and i'm gonna yell it out (laughs) we'll see um but I think that is part of the appeal, is sort of that watching and being like, what is going on? So maybe that's part of the reason I like it, because, oh, this is going to make me so mad. I need to look it up, but I'm going to keep talking. Word for when something is so outrageous. <laughs> outrageous, unusual, outstanding extraordinary fantastical no incredibly outrageous not horrible um what is going on no these are all like beyond reasonable exorbitant extravagant (coughs) that was too close to the mic i'm sorry that's not quite it 
Okay, I don't... You know what I'm talking about. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Um... Hey. I don't remember what I was talking about before I picked up my phone. One thing about this movie is that, and I will touch on this a lot more whenever I do the episode of comparing and contrasting Elvis and Priscilla, this, how this movie portrays the person of Elvis, it's not so much Elvis the man, it is Elvis the artist. They do not, they're not portraying how, I mean they go into it a little bit, but they're not quite portraying perfectly how he treated other people in his life. And I think it's so interesting what happens whenever we put these people, these real people who have some talent on this massive pedestal and they have the ear of the entire world just to see what happens. And so, but that's not quite how this movie portrays him. They're just sort of and maybe that's because it's told from the perspective of Colonel Tom Parker. Maybe that is it. But then you sort of, you know, think, should this movie have been from his perspective? Because then you sort of lose out, you know, you... Colonel, the Colonel only knew so much about him. He knew him as the artist, him as the addict, but he didn't know what happened behind closed doors? How did he treat his father, his friends, his wife, his children? We didn't really get much of that in the movie Elvis simply because that's not how the colonel knew him. So that's really interesting. Should it have been told from his perspective? Or should it have probably been told from Elvis's perspective himself? The movie's about him. Why wasn't it told from his perspective? You know, I love this movie, but as I'm sort of growing in my understanding of media analysis, it's sort of, you know, I'm, I'm realizing the flaws in it. It doesn't mean I don't like this movie anymore. It's just, it's interesting <coughs> the way that they told the story. I don't know if the story should have been told that way, though. You know, whenever you're given this big budget and this is going to be a summer blockbuster and, you know, people are going to be flocking to the theaters to see this, you know, should you have told it from that perspective? If you knew you were going to have that audience, should you have told this story from a perspective that didn't have the full story? From the perspective that sort of leaves things out of how he treated his family, of how he treated his wife, you know? If you were, like, purposely, knowingly not telling the full story, then maybe you shouldn't have told the story that way if you knew you were going to have such an audience. That's sort of the issue that, as I'm growing older, I have with this movie, is it does not tell the full story. And it tells a version, it shows you a version of Elvis that maybe is not actually how he is. It sort of portrays Elvis as this misunderstood and misguided artist, which I think is definitely, you can see that in him. He had so much talent, obviously, but he was not all good obviously i keep saying obviously you know he the things that he did to his wife and how he left his like he pretty much just abandoned them you know 
Oh, I completely lost that sentence. Oh, I completely- I, like, realized that I was talking and then it took me out of it and now I can't go back to where I was. <laughs> <coughs> and that was so great. I was having such a little great conversation with myself. That's crazy. Um. Shoot. Elvis the artist. You know, they were sort of portraying him as this, you know, as I was saying, misguided artist. They almost, you know, I guess I'm have I have such a different perspective on the movie after watching Priscilla. So, you know, the episode where I compare and contrast them to this that's going to be a really interesting episode for me. Um Okay, I'm going to try and save a little bit more of that conversation for that episode. So let's talk about Let's talk about Austin Butler. Guys, let's talk about Austin Butler. I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. It's what time is it? It's 9.42 a.m. Austin Butler, as Elvis, was a stroke of genius. He is so, so, so talented. They could never make me hate him. I love him so much. So, so much. And if you know me, you know that. <coughs> he portrayed Elvis in a way that I could have never imagined. And you know what's so special about him was this complete and total commitment to the character. He researched and just, in a way, lost himself to this character. And then people you know, have gone through and kind of criticized for him for that. Like, oh, he still talks like Elvis. You know, Jacob Elordi doesn't talk like Elvis. Also, that's a lie. Have you listened to him in interviews? He's still got a little bit of that Southern twang. He's still got a little bit of that deep Southern twang. So I don't want to actually hear it. But the way that Austin Butler portrayed Elvis was with this complete and total respect to who he was as a person and as an artist. You could see it on camera, on the screen. It was a way to where, you know, I'm an actress and there's, there's a sort of, there's a difference between whenever you're playing an actual character and when you're playing a person, a real life person. Whenever you are playing a character, one thing that you were taught is, you know, if everybody just tries to play this character, there's going to be nothing special about it. You have to bring pieces of yourself to the character in order to make it good and interesting and nuanced and good, which I already said. Hey guys, I'm running out of words. But when you're playing a person in a biopic, if you are playing a person in a story about that real person's life, you can't do that. You cannot bring a part of yourself to the character because then that's going to ruin that story you you can't do that i mean you can argue that austin butler did bring pieces of himself because he, you can i mean draw parallels between elvis and austin butler how they both lost their mothers at a very young age which is very interesting and that's why i think he was the perfect choice to play elvis in this role but 
you see it on screen. He is just a vessel. He he is just presented himself as this vessel to play this person. To you know, he's given this story and he just lets it fill himself up from bottom to top. He just transformed to play the most authentic version of Elvis that he possibly could. He went in with complete and total respect to the good and bad parts of Elvis and he did not shy away from portraying those. I mean, I don't think he did. Maybe the story kind of shied away from showing them. <coughs> but he did not. I think if he was given the opportunity to sort of show the worst parts of Elvis, he would have done it wonderfully. But it's just very, what's the word? Admirable. The way he just completely gave himself over to this, I don't want to say character, to this person, to this story. He just fully, you know, laid down all that he was and said, I'm going to become something different to tell this story which I think is so, so cool. It's so, you know, he has so much talent to be able to play that. And let's actually, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Oscars. Hey guys, let's talk about the Oscars. And I know that this is a age old conversation of award shows and how they're always rigged in some way or another. But during the 2023 Oscars, I remember the date very well. It was March the 12th, 2023, when they aired. I remember that because I was on a plane. I was on a plane during the airing of the Oscars from St. Louis, Missouri, where I am from, to Orange, California, to California. That is a four-hour flight. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in the air for when the Oscars are airing and for when The, the Last of Us um, finale was premiering. And so at first I was like, oh, I can't watch either of them. Because for some reason, I have a perception of planes that they're still from like the 1970s. I still think that I'm going to get on. People are smoking. You can't watch anything. You have to do a crossword. <laughs> and you get brought like a, what's the word? Hey, what's the word? A martini. And I'm 17 years old. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, drink. Um... No, that's not how it is. They have live TV on the plane. I love you, Southwest. So I was able to watch the Oscars during that flight. And I'm kind of still scared of planes. It got better once I went on like a transatlantic flight. Then I realized, oh, it's not really that bad. But at that point, I was still really scared of planes. That was still the point where I would get on a plane and I'm like, it's going down. I'm not walking off this thing. It is going down. Um, that didn't happen, obviously. I'm still standing here. <laughs> Sitting here. Actually, I'm in a chair. Can you hear it? <sighs> How long have I been talking for? I feel like I've been in this chair for 12 hours. I was on this flight, watching the Oscars air. This was a four-hour flight. I want you to know, we touched down and we're getting out of our seats before Best Actor was announced. I was still sitting down and my whole family was like, you have to get up. And I was like, give me one more minute because they are about to announce it. I don't care. I will sit on this plane until I know who won. And of course, you know, 
you've been listening to me for the past however long, you know who I want to win. You know, that's the reason why I'm recording this episode. I want Austin Butler to win. And he'd already won the Golden Globe. And that was maybe the best day of my life. I felt like I was glowing with this joy because I was so happy for him and I love him so much. But I was sitting in that uncomfortable Southwest chair and I was like, and the Oscar goes too. That's the sound of the envelope opening. Brendan Fraser. My phone was already off. I was up. I had grabbed my backpack. I was off the plane before he probably had got up and accepted his award. I said, oh, but I don't care. And I love Brendan Fraser. He's a wonderful actor. But I, Austin Butler, in my opinion, in my heart, should have won because he fully gave himself over and like I was saying he fully committed himself to this playing this person and I think that's so difficult to not try and overdo it or underdo <coughs> I'm dying to not overdo it or underdo it or try and make it your own when it's not your own because it's not your story it's somebody else's and I think that's so hard and he deserves all of the credit and props and awards for doing that and everybody's like oh but this was brendan fraser's like return to cinema to return to hollywood and i think that's wonderful i think he's a great actor but from what i've seen of his performance in the whale it was pretty much just crying and that's my opinion that is just my opinion. I'm not trying to say he's a bad actor. Because he's not. He's a wonderful actor. What he did, he did it well. But Austin Butler's performance was so much more. It was this complete giving over of yourself. Taking on this voice. These mannerisms. This personality that was not yours. And playing it like it was completely natural. Playing it in a way that is so believable because if you've taken a camera acting class, you know that that camera that's shoved in your face is a lie detector. If you are lying, the people watching will know. If you are not believable, we are taken out of it and we're turning off the movie and turning on Doctor Who. Because <laughs> that is the height of television. That's why I thought he should have won. Because his performance was more than just crying on camera. His performance was something that cannot be, what's the word, cannot be replicated in that way. Anyways, that's my sort of spiel on the Oscars. Um, but obviously I could keep talking about how it, award ceremonies are, especially for acting, are weird in that way. It's also subjective of, you know, what the committee thinks is the best performance is not what everybody else is going to think the, is the best performance, obviously. You know, how do you judge how good a performance is when all of the stories that they're telling are different? You know, what the freak? How long have I been talking for? Oh, a while. <laughs> um, so yes. I'm gonna start wrapping up. Why 
do I'm gonna revisit this question. Why do I love this movie so much? Because it is beautiful to look at. I'll say that. It is beautiful to look at and it is edited in a way that I think really fits the story and the character and the person of Elvis in this maximalist, quick, fun, flashy way. And the music. Oh, we gotta talk about the music. The music. Who's texting me? My sister. The music was so interesting. And I think this is very specific to Baz Luhrmann. And it doesn't always make me very happy. I don't like Baz Luhrmann's Great Gatsby. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just my opinion. Hi, Loeva. Blowing kisses to them. Hi, Sarah. There are two people watching me record this. Um, I don't like that movie. I don't think it- I think he didn't have a very deep understanding of the story of The Great Gatsby, if I'm being very honest. And of course, that's just my opinion. <coughs> but I think he did have a very deep understanding of the story of Elvis. And that's why I think it worked. And the music that like, oh my god, I will never forget the feeling of watching Austin Butler as Elvis walking down Beale Street. And then a, what is his name? Oh my god. Why am I blanking? A Denzel Curry needle drop? We're listening to Denzel Curry on Beale Street? Oh, it was so good. And my parents were watching it with me and they were like, that's not what music was like back then. Do you think I don't know that? It's called Nuance. It was so good. And it was just, ugh, this blending of a modern perspective on a older story was so good and so interesting and I thought it fit so well. Ugh. Light City And that was like what my top that was in my top 10 songs for this year. This movie came out last year. But the Toxic Las Vegas, the Viva Las Vegas X Toxic remix, so so good. I love that song. Ugh. But yeah, the music, I think, was masterfully mixed and edited and put in. I'm gonna cough. <coughs> Gosh. What is going on? That's my take on the music. The acting performances, I think, you know, obviously it was carried by Austin Butler. That, you know, walking away from that movie... What was Tom Hanks doing? Oh, my boy. Oh, my boy, Elvis. What are you talking about? He sings, here comes Santa Claus, and wishes the people good night. What is happening? But I think that's part of the... And I still can't remember the word that I was talking about. <coughs> that's part of sort of the looking at it. Like, surrealism! Surreal... surrealism um that's part of it it's sort of looking at this insane oh my god <coughs> this insane performance and be like okay what are we talking about tom hanks but I, oh 
People keep walking in. I need to... Hey, why is my voice like this? <coughs> Hello. The performances were, if nothing else, fun. And, you know, I could talk about Austin Butler for the rest of my life. <clears throat> what else do I have to say before signing off? You know, we'll talk more. I will talk more about the nuance and the story and the good and bad parts of this person that Elvis is and this person that Priscilla is. This So the next episode is going to be just about the movie Priscilla. And how much I love it. <coughs> Sorry, that was a bit too close to the mic. And, you know, sort of fleshing out her story and how it intertwines with Elvis's. And, you know, I'm very glad that, you know, Priscilla's role in the movie Elvis was not very fleshed out. There was not much to her. And I'm very happy that after that movie came out then yeah let's now tell that part of the story this is a story that obviously has grabbed people's attention so let's take that attention and be like hey now let's tell a bit more of the story that's what they did with priscilla and that's why i really really like priscilla and i'll talk about the differences and stuff in another episode hey have i mentioned that i'm gonna do other episodes yet jeez um, yes, closing remarks. I like this movie a lot. I think it's fun to watch. I think it's beautiful to look at. It's beautiful to listen to. There are some really interesting, but also really great performances. And maybe the way that they portray Elvis is not perfect. And it's not fully, it's not, it's not that it's untrue. It's not the whole truth, though. But I think the way that they portray Elvis as an artist is very interesting and sort of, it shows a side to him that m not many people talk about, maybe for good reason, because there are other parts of him that should maybe be focused on more before talking about Elvis the artist. But I think it's interesting to watch this movie and to think of him in a new light. That's sort of what I have to say. I like this movie a lot. Next time we're going to be talking about Priscilla and how, hey, maybe I like that movie a little bit more. But to leave you guys, I'm going to do a little Elvis impression. Or what's that? Oh, shoot. What do I want to say? Mama. What's a, what's a good line from that movie? And I'll leave you guys with that. Elvis 2022 quotes. Um, oh my god, I hate IMDV. DV? Hey! What is going on? <coughs> where is, where, oh, there's going to be a good line in here. Where are the good... Oh my gosh. What's... Uh, there? I feel like there was a really, really funny line. Sorry, that was just three minutes of complete silence and, like, me typing on my phone. 
Um, what is a good line? Uh, oh, this is it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, here. I remember. <laughs> and there is going to be some cursing, but this is because this was in the movie. And so I'm, I, I am nothing if not, you know, true to the text. 800 shows. You don't have a goddamn passport, you son of a bitch. You're fired. Fired. You're fired. That's my favorite part of the movie. That's the best scene. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to leave you guys. That's how I'm going to leave this episode. Thank you guys very much for listening. I'll be back. You know, thank you, Dad. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Um, I'll see you next time, I guess. What happened this episode? I don't know. I've been talking for 12 hours. Thank you guys for listening. Um, love you. Living, laughing, loving you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.